I'm Ben Forrid. I'm Polly Gill. And I'm Alyssa Mendel. And this is Chordscast. Created by the team at the Coordination of Rare Diseases at Sanford, or CORDS for short, which is a rare disease registry working to tie together patients and researchers, no matter their condition and no matter where they are in the world. In these episodes, you'll hear interviews with scientists, physicians, rare disease patients, and advocates, along with updates on our registry and ways that you can get involved. Let's get started. episode of Chords Cast. Today is a special episode because I am sitting down with Ben and we're just going to talk about new projects coming up with Chords and um, the events in the future. And I just want to say thank you to all the participants. We currently have 93 partners um, in 91 countries and we have about uh, 15,600 participants. So that is amazing. Um, ben, do you kind of want to talk about what we're working on with Chords and what's up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, th- this is a really exciting thing for us because um, we just crossed the, I believe, if my math is right, four-year <laughs> anniversary of launching this podcast, and a lot has changed in that time, um, not just within the registry, but within the world itself. And so uh, the chords registry that exists today is different from the chords registry that exists existed four years ago when we started this thing. And so um, I think we just need to talk a little bit about uh, what we have going on and uh, update everybody on what you'll uh, come to find with chords as we grow into the future. So um, yeah, this thank you for, for putting this time together, Polly, for us to visit with everyone. Absolutely. Um, so can we should we kind of talk about what is new on our platform, um, things that are different on there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I think that's probably one of the biggest updates that people would would notice if you've been in the registry for a while. Is we we have always operated off of a, a proprietary software platform that we've worked with since about 2016, and that um, software platform was enhanced during the uh, downtime that we had during the pandemic. So, just like um, most of the world, you know, 2020, 2021. Uh, the courts team here, we, we really didn't do much traveling. Um, we were able to stay connected with many folks uh, in the rare disease community through virtual meetings and through Zoom calls and all of those kinds of things. But we all know it's just not quite the same. Uh, and you may have been wondering what we were up to during that time. A big thing was enhancing that platform, that user platform. So here's what you'll find if you were to log into the to the registry now. Uh, if you already have an account, you'll see that you have a new dashboard. Um, and that dashboard comes with a few different uh, tabs along the top that you can follow along with. The first one is just a home tab. It's a welcome. Uh, we, we provide updates there. There's some links to uh, this podcast. There's also some links to our website and other things there. Uh, the next tab over is some graphs. Um, we have some enhanced functionality where you can compare uh, you know, yourself to other patients within the registry on just a general scale. 
But you can also select your disease or diseases that you that you are, are living with and, and see how you compare to the overall population of people in the registry. Um, for instance, you can, you can um, see uh, what percentage of the participants are male or female or what the age spread is or where people are spread out geographically. Um, those kinds of things are really, really important to, and, and good bits of information for people to have. Uh, I think one of our main missions has been to make the world feel like uh, a little bit closer of a space in the rare disease community. And, and through some of our metrics and the way that we can share them out in those de-identified ways, we can make, the, um, make everyone feel a bit more connected, which is, which is our, our hope and our goal. Um, so with the, with the participant portal, which is what we're talking about, uh, you can update your questionnaires at any time. Um, just a reminder, uh, I, I take every opportunity to remind everybody, <laughs> you can go in and update that whenever you want. Uh, I think you should update it whenever symptoms change, you know, whenever you go on a new medication or maybe you've discontinued a medication. Uh, was your diagnosis updated? Um, were, there, were there other things that changed with your health um, that may not at the, at the time or on the surface seem even related to your rare disease. Uh, those are all very good things to know and to understand. So uh, if possible, and if time, uh, keep cords in the back of your mind, uh, just like you do your, your physician visits and, and, um, and doctor's appointments. Uh, updating that registry information helps us have the most accurate and complete set of patient reported data to give researchers. And that's really what's needed to help steer those ships and, and help them uh, plan out their research programs. So you can update those uh, questionnaires at any time. You can also uh, open, view, download, print any previous uh, um, forms that you've filled out before. So uh, that, that's something that you can do. You can take out um, the last questionnaire that you, that you filled out. Um, maybe you, you took the time to do a really thorough entry uh, a couple of years ago and you haven't looked at it in a few years and you're gonna to go to a, a new doctor, you can print that out and take it with you and, and just provide them with a little bit of a history of, of uh, how things work. So it can, it can be a useful tool for you as well. Um, I think probably the, the biggest thing that we've been able to add as a value add to the, to the platform is a dedicated space for researchers. Um, so, you know, CORDS has always existed to be this connecting piece between patients and uh, and researchers anywhere in the world. And um, one of the ways that we would interface with them was through just a simple form on our website where they would make a request or researchers would request access to the data or they would ask to be able to share um, trial recruitment information or um, study recruitment information for something that they had ongoing. We, we've actually enhanced our platform to create their own portal and so the, any researcher anywhere um, for free and uh, without having to go through any process can create their own username and login at, uh, at, our, at our website. And they can uh, um, provide, uh, you know, they can request access to the data. Uh, but before they even do that, they can do some preliminary research. So they can take a look at, at maybe, you know, if, if uh, a researcher is interested in um, someone with uh, Gaucher type 1 disease, they could uh, query the registry and just see, are there any patients in the registry with Gaucher type 1? And, and if there are a number of them, then they can 
know that it's worth their time to pursue uh, the full data request or pursue using cords as a as a trial recruitment strategy uh, and so it's a it's a great way to give folks a glimpse into the registry at just an eye a high level um, view um, so that that portal has been used quite a bit. How, how, Polly, do you know off the top of your head how many different institutions are rep, you know we, we have representing that? I think there was about 86 or 87 people yeah. just from when we started that portal, so that's amazing, and yeah. Um, people yeah, yeah, I, accessing that data. That was right in the ballpark that I was thinking, mm-hmm. too, is, is 85 to 90 different um, new accounts have been created since we've launched that, and we've, we've been getting more research requests mm-hmm. as a result of it. And it's been really helpful for us to be able to be a bit more proactive in reaching out into the research space to say that this is a free resource for you to use and that um, you have open and complete access to it. Uh, The other thing that um, I'll bring up with our platform is the ability for you as a participant to identify family members of your own. So um, just to provide a, a common example, I guess, would be perhaps there's a mother uh, or a father who's enrolling uh, two children. One child may have a rare condition and the other one may not, um, but genetically is a carrier for it and uh, the parents may be carriers for it. Uh, so you can enroll all four of those people, mom, dad, and then the two siblings. And within the registry portals, within each of their, within each of their accounts, you can identify um, that you are uh, are related to each other. And so what that translates to on the back end is that when a researcher requests a data set, they receive de-identified data. And they can tell that these four patients or these four data sets, they have no idea who you are or where you live or anything, but they know that what they're looking at, instead of just four people, is a family. They're looking at a mom, a dad, and two children. One is affected and one is unaffected. And that is incredibly important in genetic research to understand how things are inherited and to understand how um, diseases are uh, um, presented in, in various ways throughout a family. So sometimes there's diseases of varying severity. And even with one, within one family, someone may be very severely affected while Another person with the same uh, genotype is, is affected to a lesser extent. And so being able to understand how those things play out is very important. And we've built out the infrastructure to enable researchers to get that information without sacrificing um, your ability to participate as a, a, a de-identified subject, as someone who's who's not, you know, putting your whole identity out there. And so that was a really big um, value add for the research side of things. And um, I think will really help um, parse out some of the underlying things in the genetics and in the heritability behind some of these diseases. Yeah, and I think that's great. And um, the document upload feature too is amazing. So if you guys have any um, documents, um, genetic reports, um, doctor's notes, you can upload those straight on your portal as well, and those will be available to researchers. And um, that's something that we've added to that is amazing. And if you have any troubles with the partner portal or you have any questions, there's actually a video on our website that walks straight through it, and you can, wa- you can um, watch those videos and learn how to go straight through the CORDS registry. Um, those are provided for you as well. 
Um, ben, did you want to talk more about the growth of partnerships and our groups? Yeah, absolutely. So that was the other thing that I think we were able to do. Now, I, one of the worries that I think the, you know, Polly, Alyssa, and I, as part of the, the CORDS team, really had as we launched into the, the COVID-19 pandemic was, you know, first and foremost, how is this going to affect you know, the health and well-being of uh, all of the people that we <laughs> know and love, just like everyone else. But how do how are we going to stay connected and how are we going to uh, be able to continue to provide this as a service to the rare disease community if we're not able to travel, if we're not able to get out and meet people where they are, um, and if we're not able to make connections. And so we really had to get creative in finding ways that we could work um, to to find new groups or to put ourselves out there in new ways. And so we did try to attend as many virtual conferences and have a, a presence there as possible. Um, I, Polly and I were discussing a little bit ago before we, before we started out, there was this period of time where there were these virtual booths at these conferences and, and it was, you know, the idea was good, but it didn't actually get mature enough to actually work until later on in the pandemic when we were figuring it out. And and Cords, you know, was able to make some connections there, um, and and work through that. And we actually saw uh, a, a substantial growth in the number of advocacy organizations that we um, have been working with. And I, I want to say we added something like twenty partner groups mm -hmm. over the course of yeah. the the pandemic. And so. Um, that's a that's that's keeping right on pace with uh, what we were able to do while we were um, traveling a lot and visiting visiting families and visiting uh, uh, advocacy groups at their scientific and family meetings and then of course just just running into new people at, at big conferences like Global Genes and Nord um, and uh, that was such a powerful message to us that um, that the rare disease community is always there and always willing to um, make connections and and find new people. So um, big thanks to everybody who met with us over the past couple of years, all of our new partners, all of our, our earlier partners for, for continuing to work with us, continuing to stay in touch. You know, I think that that period of lockdown, while it was absolutely uh, miserable for in a lot of different ways, gave people uh, an added layer of focus that um, we were able to kind of channel some of that energy into um, building and forging new partnerships and, and, and building up our platform in a, in a more meaningful way than we otherwise would have been if we'd have been, you know, going about our normal business. So uh, I, I'm a silver linings kind of guy. So I guess that's the, <laughs> that's the, the attitude I'm trying to take with that. Yeah, and even if you're a small registry or a large regist registry, you are always welcome in the cords registry, and we can work together um, to really advocate for your for your condition. So it doesn't matter if you have two people in your group or if you have a thousand people in your group, you are always um, welcome to contact us, and we can get together and chat about that as well. We we work a lot with groups that don't have um, even a formal. Uh, 501c3 organization. So you don't have to be a fully formed nonprofit to partner with us. Uh, there's plenty of cases where we're talking to people who have loosely met each other and are organizing a community on Facebook or on another social media platform. And they, they know and understand that uh, there just isn't enough known about the condition that they're living with or their loved ones are living with. 
And that gathering data is the most important first step. And so we actually love working with groups at that stage because it's at that point in time where I think we can do the most good. Uh, we, can, we can help people get set up to gather and collect data in a, in a concise and a consistent way in a, in a, in a, as a part of a clinical study that's IRB approved. Uh, and really enables that group to focus on growing in all of the many other ways that need to happen without having to put all of the energy, funds, and effort into building out that registry database. Uh, we can take that on and do that for you as a partnership, and um, it doesn't cost cost you anything. So that's, I think, the, the, the big take-home there is that coming out of the other side of the pandemic, not only do we have a more user-friendly and functional uh, enrollment platform um, with enhanced features, but more than ever, we're ready to, to partner with new groups and, um, and take big steps into the future. So speaking of the future, Polly, I think one of the things we've always had on our game plan, you know, as a, a five-year plan or something, was to work with those partner groups and work with communities uh, to leverage some of the infrastructure that we have at Sanford Research to um, help uh, advocacy organizations build out, a, build out a cell bank or build out a biorepository of some kind. So uh, we have experience as researchers uh, working with groups of patients to uh, do things that are as simple as you know, going to a family meeting or, or working through the, the postal mail to gather and collect uh, saliva samples. We can take those saliva samples and we can get DNA and uh, do genetic research. Um, or we can, we can bank that DNA so that others can do genetic research. I think we're at a point now too where our, our research infrastructure has matured enough that we are really strongly beginning to, to think about building out capabilities like uh, cell banking. You know, how can we work with advocacy groups to um, you know, get, gather blood draws or um, skin punch biopsies, uh, things like that, and establish patient cell lines, and then bank those um, here at Sanford Research for for research purposes. And and it would not necessarily be, um, you know, a, a researcher at Sanford could have access to those, but it wouldn't be specifically for us. It would be uh, with the intention, just like with the data. Um, that those materials would be shared with researchers and, and groups wherever, um, as long as they had a legitimate research need. And um, that's something that we're, we're starting to really put some curbs and gutters around this year. And uh, in 2023, are, are hoping to make great strides in that area so that we can not only collect patient data, but have some sort of biological component there as well. Um, that would correlate and correspond. So you can imagine um, being able to tell researchers that you partner with CORDS and that, uh, that the patient community provides um, data through surveys, but that there is also a biorepository that exists there that that, that researcher can have access to. And uh, that's, a, that's something that we're really excited to begin working on. And I, I, that's, it's high on my list and, and some, something that I'm super excited to get built out. Yeah, that's amazing, and it's just so awesome to see chords just progressing into something um, that can help potential researchers in the future um, get that DNA and uh, those cell lines. And I think it's just so cool to see how chords have chords has grown through this 
um, through these years. Um, and we're just kind of going to wrap it up here, but should we talk a little bit about our event in 2023? Um, we'll be having our great, our 14th annual Great Plains Rare Disease Summit, and this will be held in around April, we're thinking, um, of 2023. And this will be a hybrid event. It will be virtual and in person. So if you cannot make it there, we would love to see you online, but this one's going to be better than ever. And Ben, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I mean, that's another thing we learned how to do really well is host virtual events. And so, you know, for 14 years, we've had this Great Plains Rare Disease Summit um, that's that's been an in-person event um, comprised of a scientific day followed by a community day. And the, the, the it's always been an in-person thing right up until the pandemic. And so we, we've done, I think we did three years of virtual uh, exclusively virtual conferences and this last year was the first time we did a hybrid event which went really smoothly and um, and was was really really well attended and so we're looking forward in the spring of, two, of 2023 to seeing a lot of you there um, and uh, and and we'll send out more information as we hammer out the details on exactly what the theme will be and uh, what the final dates are going to be it's been awesome to jump on a podcast. I haven't been on one of these in a while, so I'm so happy to uh, be back on Chordscast. And we're looking forward to um, the future here and growth. So thanks all, all for listening. If you have any questions uh, or, or you'd like to learn more, feel free to email chords at sanfordhealth.org or visit our website at sanfordresearch.org. Awesome. Thank you, Ben. And thanks, everyone. so much for listening. The theme music for Chordscast is borrowed with permission from Scott Holmes's song, So Happy. To learn more about Sanford Research and our registry chords, visit us at sanfordresearch.org chords. We'd love to hear from you. Send us your questions, comments, stories, or feedback to chords at sanfordhealth.org. Find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Sanford Chords. The content of Quartzcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. We'll see you next time on Quartzcast.